As he exited the church, a local resident grabbed his rifle and engaged that suspect. The suspect dropped his rifle, which was a Ruger AR assault type rifle, and fled from the church. Our local citizen uh, pursued the suspect at that time. Complicating the gun conversation that's going on today, you did have somebody that, because they had a gun, quite possibly stopped it from uh, going from 26 dead people to, who knows, 56 dead people. Yep. And because this, you know, often turns into a gun conversation. Well, yeah. If bad guys are going to have guns, you have to have good guys with guns. Um, so we were talking earlier about how we could, we could rerun more or less the conversations the day after, uh, a whole bunch of these shootings and have the same, same texts, same back and forths over violence and television and various gun laws and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Just a quick comment before you launch into that. Got a uh, note from frequent correspondent Ken who says, I have to say the theory floating on today's show of the mass shootings being the result of some mysterious contagion is utter fantasy because we don't understand the reasons for some tragic event. It's not a cause for magical thinking, et cetera, et cetera. You have no idea what we're talking about. We're talking about culture. We're talking about cultural norms, ideas that find acceptance. Things that didn't used to be that now are all the time. Yeah, it's actually, you know, you can feel that way. Um, uh, For me, it's the only thing that makes sense. In 17 months, we've had three of the five worst shootings in American history. And, um, well, I'll just read from Malcolm Gladwell, who was uh, answering questions in an interview for his book, The Tipping Point. And he got into this. He was talking about school shootings, right, in particular? Uh, Suicides. Okay. Yeah, but... uh, it, it's it's applicable to this. I'm convinced that ideas and behaviors and new products move through a population very much like a disease does. This isn't just a metaphor. In other words, I'm talking about a very literal analogy. One of the things I explore in the book is that ideas can be contagious in exactly the same way that a virus is. One chapter in the book, for example, deals with a very strange epidemic of teenage suicide in the South Pacific Islands of Micronesia in the 70s and 80s. And he goes through that. We like to use words like contagiousness and infectiousness just to apply to the medical realm, but I assure you that after you read about what happened in Micronesia, you'll be convinced that behavior can be transmitted from one person to another as easily as the flu or the measles can. In fact, I don't think you have to go to Micronesia to see this pattern in action. Isn't this the explanation for the current epidemic of teen smoking in this country? And what about the rash of mass shootings we're facing at the moment from Columbine through the Atlanta stockbroker through neo-Nazis in Los Angeles? This was a number of years back. Um, and then you got this other dude uh, writing about and also uh, focusing on suicides. The con- kind of contagion Phillips is talking about isn't something rational or even necessarily conscious. It's more like a persuasive argument. It's something much more subtle than that. When I'm waiting at a traffic light and the light is red, sometimes I wonder whether I should cross and jaywalk. Then somebody else does it, and so I do too. It's kind of imitation. I'm getting permission to act from someone else who is engaging in a deviant act. Is this a conscious decision? I can't tell. Maybe afterwards I could brood on the difference, but at the time I don't know whether any of us knows how much of our decision is conscious or how much is unconscious. Human decisions are subtle and complicated and not very well understood. The fascinating thing about this permission giving is how extraordinary specific it is. Stories about suicides result in an increase in single car crashes where the victim was the driver. This is interesting. They've done, they've done lots of studies. You've probably heard this, that if... Um, suicides are in the news 
you have more people committing suicide. Mm-hmm. That has been documented over and over and over again. This person looked at, not only do you have people committing suicide by the conventional uh, uh, means, and he did a lot of studies on this, and he said it's mind-blowing. You have more single-car crashes where it would look like the person killed themselves by crashing their car. So they, in effect, committed suicide. Right. But they used their car. Stories about suicides resulted in an increase in single-car crashes where the victim was the driver. Stories about suicide murders resulted in an increase in multiple-car crashes in which the victims included both drivers and passengers. Stories about young people committing suicide resulted in more traffic fatalities involving young people. Stories about older people committing suicide resulted in more traffic fatalities involving older people. In other words, it's it's even... Unhappy people driving completely recklessly without regard to their own safety? Is that what he's hitting at? Or... Well, I, I don't know. I don't want to get hung up on that point. But, but so the idea is that subconsciously or consciously, to what extent he doesn't know, we, we, we hear about these things and then we just do them. If it, was, if it was on our list of possibilities in our head, we get permission from society to go ahead and do it when we see that other people have done it. Like if you're kind of in an area where committing suicide is even the thought you see that other people are doing it, and you're willing to go ahead and do it. If you're anywhere in the in the realm of shooting a place up, and then you see these stories of people doing it, it's permission to do it. Well, I will tell you this, having shepherded three kids through uh, various high schools, if a kid commits suicide, it's red alert, and if two commit suicide, it's DEFCON 1, because there is a d- well-known pattern of you know copycat is i hate that term because it it makes it sound so light or silly or dumb uh, but it can spread and it does spread um the author's conclusion this particular author's conclusion is worth quoting in full many patients who attempt suicide are drawn from a section of the community in which self-aggression is generally recognized as a means of conveying a certain kind of information among this group the act is viewed as comprehensible and consistent with the rest of the cultural pattern If this is true, it follows that the individual who in particular situations, usually of distress, wishes to convey information about his difficulties to others, does not have to invent a communicational medium uh, to do it. The individual within the attempted suicide subculture can perform an act which carries a performed meaning. All he has is required to do is invoke it. This is complicated language, I realize. The process is essentially similar to that whereby a person uses a word in a spoken language. You're trying to communicate something to right. the world, you're told through culture that this is the way you communicate that feeling, mm-hmm. and then you feel okay doing it. Right. Why wouldn't Especially this? after you've seen peers do it. Suicide has taken a human life. Why wouldn't this be true for these uh, these shootings? I think these two things together, the idea of it being a contagion or whatever, and this the way it plays upon our psyche, I think this makes more sense than any of the other arguments I've heard about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That it's violence in video games or our gun laws have changed or something. Well, and and listen, this is going to draw, you know, angry emails from people who can't just listen to an argument and think about it. But um, there also is a craze, uh, craze, a popularity uh, of collecting like AR-15s among certain people more than there was 30 years ago. No doubt. I mean, they're flying off the shelves. We're just talking sales figures, people. I'm not calling for the revoking of the Second Amendment. So settle down. I sound like Dennis Miller all of a sudden. What's my problem? Um, So, yeah, there's absolutely, you know, an increase in sales of that sort of weapon. And you combine the two things together among certain subcultures uh, or quite a few subcultures. And I think you got what we got. 
And all you people talking about angry white men, don't, you know, listen. Yeah, notably recently. So this is a white guy sounding quite don't, angry. Don't let me, don't make me go to the list of angry black guys who've shot up their workplace or a church in vengeance of Dylan Roof or whatever. It's it's not about race. Why is everything about race with you people? What uh, did you did you have a? There are like six times more white guys than black guys in America. That's a factor. Did you have a thought when you first heard about this about what it would be? Um, n- well, I had a number of thoughts, but no, I didn't have like a. I'll bet it's this. I I truly didn't. I, did- I heard little town in Texas, and. I got to admit, I thought, you know, to the extent that I thought anything, I thought it's probably uh, uh, personal, local. I pictured a an angry white guy for some reason. Yeah, that's just what I pictured. Yeah, um, it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make much sense to leap to anything having the worst shooting in U.S. history just a couple of weeks ago, and that turned out to be we don't even know what the the situation was. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but stupid, angry, coward. The idea of uh, I shouldn't have used the word idea. I'm trying to, it's too late to rewrite my sentence. See, if I had written this, I would go back and change. Right. Delete. Because <laughs> I was going to use the word idea again. Um, the notion that ideas travel through uh, culture like a disease makes perfectly good sense anthropologically. That, of course that, it that, does. That, that's how we survive. Right. Good ideas or bad ideas, they just have to seep into us, and we start doing them because it seems like, okay, this is what everybody's doing, and and, and we're surviving, so let's just keep doing it. Do you think a hit song is a hit song entirely on merit that all those people individually decided that this is a pleasing little melody? Well, no. Ideas spread. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's obviously complicated. We got everybody, when I was a kid, I'm not kidding, everybody I knew had access to a gun. Everybody. It just was part of life. Mm-hmm. Not locked up either. Just guns laying around. Literally gun racks and pickup trucks. Driving around with guns in the in the truck. Guns in the house. Just laying around. Just just everybody. Mm-hmm. Just it wasn't something anybody thought of going around shooting places up. Just wasn't on your mind. Right. Well, there's an ancient saying, Jack. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, there's it's not one. about monkeys. So the, the the next question, and I have no answer for this. If this is the reason, and I think it is, how do you stop it? I'm trying thus far this morning. I will never describe any of these people as anything but angry, stupid coward. You think that or will help? stupid, angry coward? Angry, stupid coward. Because that will get into people's minds that oh, then I would be an angry, stupid coward, and I don't want to be that. Might help. It's what I'm going to do. Couldn't hurt. I am seeing more and more. Uh, reporting organizations kind of doing the uh, and the man whose name need not be mentioned again sort of yeah yeah just refer to him as the angry stupid coward i feel like i'm seeing less of the super cool pictures Mm -hmm. of these people Mm -hmm. and with the dramatic music where you kind of make them seem like the the villain in a in a movie right it seems like there's less of that going on i don't know if that's a conscious decision conscious a decision they made consciously on CNN or wherever to do that, or, or word got around, I don't know. And for the umpteenth time as we go to break, if you'd like to go to break, I think we should, could go to break, um, our mental health panel of psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, et cetera, et cetera, when we asked them whether the widespread coverage of these shootings causes more of them, they were unanimous and unequivocal in saying yes. We were talking about school shootings in particular at that time, 
but I don't think they're in any meaningful way distinguishable from these other mass shootings. You make anti-heroes out of these people, you air their gripes, you make them famous, and everybody's going to know how angry I am. And it gets you more of them. Or how cowardly and stupid you are. Right. Angry, stupid cowards. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We got a lot of texts on the Rand Paul beatdown, too, with a lot of... uh... I hope there's no wild speculation, Jack. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. get into a little of um i want to say bernie sanders but bernie sanders was not the host of saturday Night live no i wasn't it was larry it David. was a poor imitation um so i got to admit i didn't see the controversial part of larry david's opening because i i watched it and it was so awful i skipped it really he was larry david who started <laughs> his life as a stand-up and wasn't real successful at it then you know has been unbelievably successful as a writer um, he, he decided to do stand-up for his opening. He did stand-up routine, yeah. and it was going so poorly. I was so uncomfortable for uh-huh. the guy. And he knew it was going poorly, and the crowd knew it was going poorly. I'm dying up here! He, he, at one point, he said, it was quiet after he told like his third joke in a row that was just complete silence, and he said, I think this is going pretty well. And the crowd kind of went, like, no, it's okay, Larry. Oh, you know, the sympathy it was just, It was sad. Oh, it was boy. sad. But then, then I guess he got into some controversial stuff that, yes. I, that I haven't even heard yet. So. Oh, my God. We'll play yeah, that. Stay tuned for that. We'll that Oy vey. Oh, and, and, you know, then the, and the whole show was Trump's a racist and a rapist and just that. And I just, I don't know. I'm tired of that. I'm a racist. Yeah, I'm, ty- I'm tired of it. Um, so Rand Paul got beaten down. By his neighbor. By his neighbor. An anesthesiologist tried to take him out, put him out, put him under. An anesthesiologist attacked an ophthalmologist. Yes. Sounds like a mother goose rhyme. Or a dirty limerick. Old people break easy. Or either one of them from Nantucket. <laughs> old people break easy, one texter said. Is True that enough. why he has five? How old is Rand Paul? Do we have an age on the gentleman? He is 59 years old. Did you That's make my that guess? Uh, 54. That's not that old. Yeah, but maybe he's fragile. He's not the most robust guy. No, he's super fit. What? Yeah, he's super ah, fit. He's thin as a whisper. If I was <laughs> looking at the tail of the tape of these two guys, I would have picked Rand Paul. Yeah, yeah. Rand's a super what fit What do we dude. know about the violent anesthesiologist? Uh, he's 59. Dr. Doom. Yeah. And he looks, he, I don't have an exact you know height and weight, but he looks to be smaller. Try not to be rolling around on the ground fighting your neighbor on your 60th birthday, gentlemen. In your gated community, for the love of God, coping skills much? Or just yeah, you, you, can you can you pause to look around how you have it better than most people on Earth and think there's got to be a better way to handle this situation given all the uh, fortune I've had in my life, right? Than to fight, try to fight to the death over it, right? Unless there's a woman involved, I'm still saying that's a possibility. Oh boy, 
running her fingers through Rand's curly hair. I'm not saying that's a good reason to do this. You should still work it out another way, but I can see how passions would get inflamed as opposed to a lawn dispute. All right, so let's let's make a wager here. Okay. Is it politics? No. A couple of alpha males jawing. Rand says something. This guy is a virulent anti-Trumper, goes crazy, and, and tackles his 50-something neighbor. I don't or is it a personal beef? I Personal beef. Absolutely personal beef. I don't even think that's a question. Okay. I think the question is whether or not it's a personal beef like um, uh, your fence is on my side of the yard and I've been trying to deal with this for two years, or is it a personal beef like you are sweating on top of my wife oh. and I just found out? Or is it lawnmower related because he was tackled whilst mowing his lawn? I told you no diagonal mowing. Did we have a time of day? I think it was early in the day. If it was like 7.15 and I'm hungover, I might fight a guy. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm trying to understand. I'm not saying it's uh, right. I'm just saying I understand. You, you want to see what the dude looks like? I got her. See, Rand Paul looks... Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Do we have a full body shot or just a head shot? No, just a head shot. That's useless. Don't, I've don't, seen it. We don't know if that guy's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, come on, Sean. Just That's true. But he's, he's 60? Uh, 59, I think it was with the, uh, yeah, 59, a 59 year old and a 54 year old throwing down to the point that one guy gets beat half to death. Hey, gas man. How about when you're 70, you're going to fight your neighbors when you're pushing 72. When are you thinking of giving it up? If you get tackled and you fall on your lawnmower, you could break your ribs pretty easily. Probably oh, yeah. true. Well, and I'm telling Remember, you, if I you... broke my ribs taking out the trash a couple of years ago. Good point. <laughs> I'm ser- seriously, if you don't see a guy coming and he hits you hard and your ribs snap. You end up like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I broke six ribs. That's right, Arnold. Rand Paul mows his own lawn. Apparently he does. When he's home. Good on him. Sure. I find it relaxing. I like it. I had a neighbor trip over a coffee table, also broke five ribs with displacement. Doesn't sound that crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, man. And I tell you what, once those ribs are floating around, if somebody, uh, like, stomps you again, puncture your lung, you're done. Good night. Could have killed him. Got this text. I have a thick protective layer of fat over my ribs. I haven't broken one yet. <laughs> That's a sensible it's a good plan. That's right. It's just a good plan. In these troubling and dangerous times. God, I, what seems weird to me, though, is that this story, a U.S. senator gets beaten this badly, and it's barely a blip in the news. He doesn't say anything about it. Nobody's saying anything about it. There's something weird going on here. On either side. I think both sides are being extra quiet because it's something... Uh, so you think maybe uh, the ophthalmologist Paul was checking out his neighbor's wife below the eyes? Is that what you're saying? I don't. I don't. I don't have any idea. Just. All right. But you're saying, you're saying personal beef. Yeah. I think we got to get more specific because I think it's personal beef too. I think it is landscaping related. <laughs> you do okay. There I we do. go. <laughs> now there's our bet. And you. You think it is lawn-related yes. fighting, and I think it is uh, woman-related fighting. All right. Uh, $20. I'm going to say HOA violation. This guy is a charge. <laughs> no, no, no. But what if it's, you know, mowing or blowing? Oh, my God. It's the leaf-blowing time of year. He was blowing with one of those obnoxious electric or gas blowers. <laughs> At 7.30 in the morning. Well, I want and those, this guy went berserk. I want those outlawed, and I'm a libertarian. Um, so, Michael, you think it was... Turn it up. Turn it up like it be. Look at next to Rand Paul. <laughs> what time is it, honey? It's at 7.15, for God's sake. Turn it up. Turn it up. 
outside and beats down Rand Paul. Maybe he mowed over his neighbor's little dog. That would make you mad. I think that information would have come out by now. Yeah. So, Michael, you think Need that a more agile dog. You think that Rand Paul's sighting was the wrong color of tan for the neighborhood? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the guy just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> or he had like three cars parked on the street. You're only allowed two, something like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> two cars on the street. What sort of HOA do you have, Shaw? <laughs> two cars. A, that deserves a life-threatening beatdown. Yeah, it's uh, that's a hell of a story. Yeah, we'll see. I say it's landscape related. That stuff can get hairy. So I have an update on the uh, uh, crime that was committed against me. But anyway, I was talking to the uh, district attorney dude, and he is talking about being a victim of a violent crime and how it can change you and different people react in different ways. And he's a big guy, and he was in, he said I was in I got mugged in college. Um, he said, and I was picturing, geez, how'd that happen to you? And uh, he was, he said, I had special forces training. I was in the military. I was 22 year old, 22 years old. I was very fit. He said, but surprise is an amazing thing. Yeah. That, that's always can be in any fight like this. If Rand Paul's mowing his lawn and the dude just blindsides him. Sure. You know, doesn't matter who's bigger or whatever. That, that doesn't really play a role. That's, that's a heck of a thing, though. I wonder if they got the kind of homes where there's video of this. Ooh. It's all going to come out within the next 48 hours. We'll know. And, well, I'll, think... and I'll be $20 richer. <laughs> because you think it was <laughs> lawn related. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's no coincidence he was mowing his lawn at <laughs> We do not allow red volcanic rock, only black volcanic rock. <laughs> exactly. Is that mulch approved? Yeah. That's wild. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? You know, I'm aware of a neighborhood. I don't live there. Where there was a protest filed over the color of the cushions on someone's lawn furniture. Oh, wow. wow. You, you got to find better things to do with your life. Church, uh, take in foster kids, we something. We do not permit red cushions here at Bushwood. So what, a 5% chance the complaint was filed by a guy? 10%? <laughs> right, as opposed right. to a woman. Uh, what, what do you got, Marshall? Well, top Democrat Donna Brazil with more on Hillary Clinton's rigging the Dems presidential contest. We've got major changes in the world of audio hypnosis. What is old is new again. And Trump has set off a fish fan frenzy. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. A fish fan? Fish fan fish frenzy. Fish fish? Yes. No, 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 F, F. No, F, F, the, the, F. the beast. Yes, okay. the beast. Gotcha. With you. St- stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a lot of news going on. We haven't talked about the Saudis. All right. Guy taking oh. charge of the country, locking up some of the world's richest people. Some of the richest people on planet Earth got thrown in jail over the weekend. Wild story. Can't wait to talk about it. That's amazing. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Give you an update on the uh, shooter and the shooting. Texas Governor Greg Abbott says he does not believe the attack on that church that left 26 people dead was a random act of violence. He didn't mention a possible interview during an interview this morning, but he does say he expects more information about a motive to be coming out soon. Now, the Wilson County Sheriff uh, says the alleged shooter's in-laws attended that church. They weren't there when the shooting happened. The shooter had been booted out of the Air Force after being charged with spousal abuse a few years ago. And That's just about as awful a story as you can have. 
<laughs> just about as awful as it gets. Angry, stupid coward with some sort of dispute decides to kill a bunch of in- innocent people. Including old people, kids, yeah. just uh, you know, all kinds of people just sitting there in a tiny little church in a tiny little town. Unspeakable evil. Rot. Former Democratic National Committee Interim Chairwoman Donna Brazil on a promo tour for her new book about the 2016 election. Brazil telling ABC This Week, former Vice President Joe Biden never knew she might have wanted him to replace Hillary Clinton as the party's nominee. Brazil saying on ABC's This Week that Biden was picked to replace Clinton if the party needed a plan B because of concerns about Clinton's health. I had to uh, put it on the table because I was under tremendous pressure uh, after uh, Secretary Clinton fainted to have a quote-unquote plan B. I didn't want a plan B. Plan A was great for me. I supported Hillary, and I wanted her to win, but uh, we were under pressure. In her book, Brazil... I I watched the whole Brazil uh, interview, and I know you got some more clips there, but I'll tell you that the main tone of it to me was... Her feeling like the, she went a little too far yes. in, in the, some of the statements she made in her book. Yes. And a lot of backtracking. Wow. Yeah. Um, just, just a lot of, well, what I meant was <laughs> just a lot of that. Wow. And she's starting to get beat up by a lot of her lefty friends, including George Stephanopoulos there on ABC This Week. In her book, Brazil uh, says she was upset about the deal the Clintons made with the Democratic National Committee to bail the party out of debt in exchange for Hillary's people taking control of the primary system. But as Jack was just saying, she did try to water it down a little bit. I wanted to make sure there was no rigging in the process. I'm on the Rules and Bylaws Committee. I found no evidence, none whatsoever. The thing, the only thing I found, which I said I found the cancer, but I'm not killing the patient, was this memorandum that prevented the DNC from running, running its own operation. While at the same time earlier in the interview right. with Stephanopoulos saying... I had, I'm the DNC chair. I had some money to spend, and I was getting ready to buy some ads, and somebody said, well, you need to clear that with Brooklyn first. And she said, Brooklyn? Why do I have to clear it with Brooklyn? Um, because, wow. Because Brooklyn, that's Hillary's campaign headquarters, was deciding how any dollar got spent. They had bought the Democrat Party. But it's Donna hilarious. Brazil is trying to just not quite sound quite as strident in the interviews, I guess, because right. she's afraid to... I guess apparently she's gotten quite a bit of backlash. Do we have one more clip of her? Or was that it? That was it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting. I came across a Twitter feed by a guy, a commentator. He's a liberal. So he's pointing, uh, coming at it from this point of view, that point of view. But he was tracking the article in the Washington Post about Donna Brazil and the excerpt from her book that had come out. And the long story short is... They had to keep revising the article because they had grossly overstated even what Donna Brazil had overstated. So they kept revising it and revising it online without any sort of editor's note that it had been revised. And this guy was nailing them on their dishonesty. And then they kept revising it more as Clinton loyalists were blasting away at the Washington Post about how evil Hillary was or was not, how complicit she was. And it was just it was worth observing that modern journalism is, A, susceptible to people tweeting and writing and trolling and the rest of it, and they will change the story, which you may find admirable, uh, but it started out just wildly inaccurate, became more a- inaccurate, then got pushed to be more milk toast by the angry Clinton loyalists. It was just interesting to see it evolve. President Trump has sent fish fans into a frenzy. Yes, he was watching the Japanese Prime Minister Abe delicately spoon out food to hungry koi. The president instead dumped his entire box into the pond. 
Uh, awesome. Oh. I'm all for it. Trump, 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 Trump. Make goldfish great again. The whole fishing expedition set off outrage among fish lovers over Twitter. Many pointing out that fish cannot absorb large amounts of food at a time. Oh, that's hilarious. So, God, how Trump is that? <laughs> no kidding. The fish are gold. Did you do that for me? That's fantastic. I need some of these goldfish. Are they real gold? <laughs> there you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. So is there video of that making the rounds? Because that's classic, man. <laughs> I've been criticized for strong, strong fish feeding. We see what weak fish feeding has given us. Weak oh, good. Fish. There's video. There's video. Oh, awesome. Excellent. Awesome. We look forward to that. Yeah, what next? I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know what tone I want because there's a lot of ugly, a lot of ugly out there today. Woman arrested for DUI on her horse. Uh. <laughs> My update on the process of being a victim of a crime I think is pretty damned interesting and helpful in case you ever are a victim of a crime. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. I mean, P. Diddy has changed his name, and we should, all be, we should all be on board with that, I suppose. <laughs> Among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, who also played Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> it was reported that Manafort has three different U.S. passports and traveled to Mexico, China, and Ecuador with a phone he registered using an alias. So I don't know what he's guilty of, but it's definitely not nothing. <laughs> no one has three passports, a burner phone, and good intentions. <laughs> Pretty clearly true. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a terrible human being. Yeah. Whether he's guilty of, yeah. Colin Jost, I agree. <laughs> yeah, Sean hates Colin Jost. That's what I meant. Because he's dating, or was dating, Scarlett Johansson. There's an article out today that Scarlett Johansson is the player in Hollywood yes. right now. And, and power uh, up, really? Scarlett. And, and that's that's Sean's number one romantic interest on planet Earth. I so. see. I'm a big fan. So the fact that she's uh, getting around. With the guy with a mouth like a fish? Yeah. Makes me upset. Wouldn't it be better for you if she was down and out and her career was over? I mean, because let's face it. Nah, she'll get bored with this guy, and then I, I just got to find a scenario to get me in a room with her, and then hopefully my charm takes over from Exactly. There. The key is to be in a room with her. Keep hope alive. So I was all excited, hoping that Saturday Night Live was going to go big on the Donna Brazil stuff. Because they got Larry David on, who does the dead-on Bernie Sanders. And by dead-on, I mean it's as if it's Bernie Sanders. Right. He um, does a better Bernie than Bernie. <laughs> and I thought, wow, they're going to really latch onto this and upset Bernie Sanders. Could be fun. And they didn't. They did the opening, Trump's a racist rapist. And that, that was the theme through a lot of the show. But um, Larry David came out and decided to do stand-up, which was failing so spectacularly. I mean... I don't know why. Maybe it's because I try to be funny uh, occasionally in, a, in in group situations. I know what it feels like to fail at that. Oh, but, yeah. But when comedians are failing, I feel personal pain. I don't know why. I can't just watch them and and, 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 and think, well, that wasn't funny or this isn't going well. It's I, sickening. I take on their misery. Right. And he was just dying. And he knew it, and the crowd knew it, and it was weird. Well. And, and I bailed. 
I just about halfway through it, I just started fast forwarding. And that's before he got into the really objectionable stuff. So I missed I, guess. I missed this stuff, which is getting attention. I've often wondered if I if I'd grown up in Poland when Hitler came to power and was sent to a concentration camp, would I still be checking out women in the camp? I think I would. Yeah. Hey, Shlomo, Shlomo, look at that one over there by Barrett Say. Oh, my God. Is she gorgeous? Oh, oh I've had my eye on her for weeks. Yeah, I, I, I've been, I, I'd like to go up and say something to her. Of course, the problem is there are no good opening lines in a concentration camp. How's it going? They treating you okay? You know, if we ever get out of here, I'd love to take you out for some latkes. You like latkes? What? What'd I say? Is it me or is it the whole thing? It's because I'm bald, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, there will be repercussions. Well, I'm not anti-edgy humor, but I just, uh, he, he, he is a great writer. I can see the, the things he was uh, doing his jokes about. I could see being written into an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and being funny. Sure. It was just the putting it out on stage. It was just creating the, the moment was difficult. If you do it as a setup punchline joke, it just, it isn't quite right. But if you have people discussing it in a living room and other people being horrified yeah, by it, yeah. Then it's funny. Yeah. But so so is he getting beaten up for this? Uh, yeah. There was some Twitter backlash. What, the and... concentration camp humor? Well, why is that? Why can't you do that? Is that... It's making light of all the victims right. of the because Nazi it, war because machine. Because you make those jokes, especially him as a Jew, he uh, he's in favor of Hitler and concentration camps and doesn't think that that was a horrific event. Or he's minimizing he the jokes. horror. Exactly. Nah, I don't buy that crap, so... Even though I didn't find his routine funny. And, you yeah, know. it's whether or not you find it funny, it's, it's just something for the recreational outrageists to <laughs> latch on to. Good one. He, uh, that's, that's a good term. His routine. Do you uh, refer to what you're wearing as an outfit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> recreational outrageists. That's pretty good. Yeah. You've got to be outraged about something. Yep. That's pretty good. Um, so uh, I got some tips on uh, what you do if you're a victim of crime, but more importantly than that, Right after the uh, little break we take at the top, um, P. Diddy has a new name, and we should uh, all be up to speed on that. Yeah. I, this one's actually kind of Remind me to as... call my parents and let them know. <laughs> uh, also, on the, uh, the law and justice, uh, some uh, interesting and moving emails from people in law enforcement and DAs and that sort of thing, uh, based on our discussion last week about trying to figure out where the, the dangerous guy is and what he's up to and, and crime and punishment and the rest of it. Yeah, I want to hear those. I had a number of communications with um, various people involved in the whole story over the weekend, and I, I came across the first person that actually seems to be really concerned about this. It took took a, took a, going through a lot of people before I ran into somebody that seemed really concerned that somebody had threatened to kill me and my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the very beginning, and... Um, it reminds me of the whole terrorism conversation. You know, when there's a terrorist attack, some people, for whatever reason, their first thought is, this is going to make a lot of people have a bad view of Islam. <laughs> That's their first thought. 
Right. As opposed to my main to, concern is that there not be a backlash right. against Muslims. Right. Right. And it, it, it just finally clicked in my head. My whole story. A lot of people. Their first thought was, "Oh my gosh, this is going to make a lot of people think that homeless people are bad." Just the general homeless discussion, not right. the individual crime committed. It's right. interesting. Yeah. That some people. That's the way you're built. And disturbing, including people in freaking law enforcement. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, trying to keep you safe. Their first concern is the overall impression about homelessness. Not doing their job, but some grand concern about society. Yeah. Really troubling. Anyway, I got some tips for you that are very important uh, to know if you're ever a victim of crime. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.